0: This is one thing I wish every single host would understand the value of. I did not know. Honestly, I feel so stupid saying this, but like, I didn't know that there were other Airbnb hosts, which is (laughs) so dumb because obviously there even were like, I could scroll Airbnb and see that there were, but they all felt like just like little avatars, like hosting homes on the internet. Like I didn't under, it didn't click for me that there were other people in my boat who are struggling with guests and irritated by certain things and have frustrations with their cleaners and are frustrated by the business, but also really, really love it and want to grow it and don't know how and don't know where to turn. I just felt like I was like stumbled into this by accident and I was like the only person doing it.
1: Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Busy-Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, before we dive in, just want to give a quick, quick thank you and shout out to our friends over at TouchStay. TouchStay enables hosts to build beautiful digital guidebooks in a matter of minutes. They help you enhance the entire guest experience by packaging your recommendations for coffee, wine bars, artisan bakeries, and Michelin star restaurants in a single online location. Guests can access everything through a simple link. And yes, it works without a Wi-Fi connection, which is super key, especially if you're in a more remote location. TouchStay allows you to customize your guidebook to match your brand. You can pick the colors, fonts, and images that best align with your short-term rental. Learn more about a plethora of other features they have, and start your free trial at touchstay.com forward slash BTS. That's BTS as in behind the stays. Thank you, TouchStay, for making this conversation possible. In just a moment, you'll meet Natalie Palmer, an Airbnb ambassador, a 17-time superhost, and the creator and host of the popular No Vacancy podcast. Natalie was never really sure what she wanted to be when she grew up, but she was always really good at saying yes when opportunities to step outside her comfort zone surfaced. So after spending a couple of months learning about short-term rental investing and hosting, Natalie asked her parents if she could try her hand out at turning their family's vacation home in the mountains into an Airbnb. While somewhat skeptical, they agreed to give her a shot, and within one ski season, they had made enough to pay the mortgage on their home for the entire year. This early win inspired Natalie to further immerse herself in learning everything that she could about how to deliver an exceptional guest experience while also growing a profitable business. In this episode, Natalie and I discuss the power of networking and why more hosts should participate in short-term rental industry events. We discuss frameworks for how to structure your time as a hospitality entrepreneur, and also why she's throwing a women's-only short-term rental hospitality event in Scottsdale, Arizona this February called the Level Up Your Listing Summit. You'll learn more about this event towards the end of this conversation, but I want to highly encourage all of the ladies tuning into today's chat to check out Natalie's event. Natalie is also giving all behind the stays listeners a 10% discount when they use the code BTS, BTS is in behind the stays 10 at checkout. You can see more of the details on all this stuff in the show notes below. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Natalie Palmer. All right, Natalie, we are, we're live. How are you doing today?
0: I'm good. Thanks for having me, Zach.
1: It is, uh, it's such an honor. Um, I was actually stalking your Instagram like moments ago um, (laughs) and just like watching some of your reels and uh, laughing to myself. So just, you know, as a way to get to know you a little bit better. So uh, your Instagram game is strong. I have a lot to learn from you. So uh, (laughs) happy to be happy to be chatting today.
0: I wish I could say that there was like some brilliant strategy behind it, but I literally just scroll reels. And if an audio makes me laugh, I just tweak it into Airbnb content and spin <laughs> it like that. There's no great mystery, but I am glad that you enjoy it.
1: Uh-huh, yeah. Well, hey, that's actually, the I, I honestly think like there's so much content out there around like, oh, here's how, you know, five ways to make your Instagram like pop off or like, you know, three ways to like make great reels. And uh, honestly, I think that my favorite creators are like that. They just they just do shit that like makes them happy and excited or like inspired and they, they, they just do it in real time. Like I I know very few people, very few creators who I think really nail it that do like tons and tons of like proactive planning. So, um, yeah, that makes sense that you just, you follow your gut, which is, you know, what makes content creation fun.
0: Yeah. I think people can tell too when it comes with like three months of back planning and strategy. And then all (laughs) of a sudden you have one week that like all you're talking about is this. It's like people start getting suspicious. Like, are you leading up to a launch or is there a sales pitch coming? So... Yeah, you gotta do it the right way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I wanna talk more about content in a second here, but um, one of my favorite questions to, to ask everyone that comes on the show, Natalie, just as a way to help the audience get to know you a little bit better, is if you were at a cocktail party, all right, and we were, to, like I were to run into Natalie Palmer at a cocktail party, uh, what what would you be drinking Uh, where would you be standing in the room? Like, are you, are you in the front, like causing a Mm -hmm. ruckus? Are you like in a, like, you know, a dark corner trying to avoid everybody? Like where, where in the room are you? Um, and then, and then when I introduce myself and say, hi, I'm Zach, how, how do you respond? How do you introduce yourself?
0: Mm, The elevator pitch, a lot of pressure. (laughs) Um, okay. So cocktail, spicy margarita, always with a tahine rim. And it has to be muddled jalapeno. I hate when the bar doesn't have fresh jalapeno and they just like put the spicy drops in it. Mm. No. So very particular about that. Um, Where I'm standing, usually I will be in line at the bar, not because I'm trying to like drink that much, but... I always feel awkward just like standing somewhere randomly in a room with no purpose. So I feel like being in line for something makes it seem like I'm I, I'm on a mission. Um, and then usually I'll like start conversation with people just while waiting in line. And then by then I've made some friends and I can I can go do my own thing. Um, but what my what my intro would be is I am Natalie Palmer and i am a 17 time superhost airbnb ambassador i manage nine properties and i also have a short term rental podcast and uh, most importantly i do it all from home i'm a stay at home mom with two actually i used to say two under two but my oldest just turned two over the weekend so with two almost under two <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's amazing. I that's quite the intro. Um, and you know, honestly, when I feel like that's a little bit of like a, a contradiction. Like you're a stay at home mom, but you're hustling super hard. Like work I feel from like, home mom. Work from we home mom. There we that. go. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that better because. um yeah. Anyways, people can have uh, there's there's lots of connotations that that can have, and like my mom, for example, she was fortunate enough. She worked for many many years, but she was home with us growing up for about ten years before she went back to work. And she was a stay at home mom, and her you know her full time job was caring for us. She didn't have any business or side hustle. So anytime yeah. I encounter a mom that introduces herself as a stay at home mom and then says, "Oh, but I have these like three side hustles," I'm like, you know what? You're, you're a business person. You're you're a, you're a business person that works from home and has kids. That's who you are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's very true because honestly just the mom part alone is a full-time job between laundry and dishes oh my gosh (laughs) there's so much laundry so much laundry (laughs) yeah
1: i i can't imagine i was telling you just before we hopped on that my wife is expecting our first kid and like i just like just the stuff that people have given us so far in terms of like laundry it's like i'm like how are you doing like and we because i help out a lot too but like how are we doing so much laundry and the kid's not even here yet you know i'm like good gosh so anyways. yeah, that's
0: that's the thing, too. For our like uh, baby registry, we were very like only get us like diapers and stuff because we everybody wants to buy outfits. That's mm. the cute thing everyone wants to buy. But yeah. it's so many clothes. I can't <laughs> handle it. So, yeah, ask for diapers and wipes. Okay. That's stuff you'll need and and you'll go through fast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good, good tips. Good tips. <laughs> so um, you introduced yourself as an Airbnb ambassador seven times uh, 17, excuse me, times at superhouse. You managed nine properties um, and you're this successful podcast host so like you know i i do have to ask is it was this like intentionally like planned like was your was has your goal been hey i want to be a mom have a couple kids and like build businesses like that allow me to work from home or like like if, if i were to run into 10 year old natalie like and i would have asked her like what do you want to be when you grow up would, would she have said an airbnb ambassador and and 17 times <laughs> super host? or how, what well- what, did, what did you want to be
0: Airbnb didn't exist when I was 10, so <laughs> definitely this career path was not like in its form. Podcast didn't exist when I was 10 or anything. I don't think Instagram existed when I was 10. So no, this is all very new, um, but I do think that my life path was definitely leading me here. I was definitely one of those people who... When people asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I had no idea. And if you look at my resume, you would see that reflected very well. I tried everything. Obviously, I did the college jobs. I was like a server for a while. I worked at our campus. I went to Cal State Fullerton and worked at the campus rock climbing wall. Oh, wow. um, I worked as a wedding coordinator. I worked. I did marketing for an insurance company. Um, then I tried doing like freelance social media management. I honestly Dabbled in everything, and um, I I don't really know I don't really know how we got here. But uh, same <laughs> thing, I guess how I said with my Instagram, there there was no strategy. I just I'm I just when I see opportunities, like I I would pride myself that I go for them mm-hmm. and I make them work. I try not to say no to things, and if I see that something's working, I dig down, I double down on it even even further. Um, but I'm really really happy for what. Airbnb and short term rentals has done for my life because I really was, it was very hard for me to focus on what I wanted to do. I love interior design, but I never wanted to be a designer. Mm. I didn't want a client telling me that they hate something. I only wanted to design for myself. With Airbnb, I get to do that. Um, I love marketing, but I hated having a boss and having to do marketing for companies and products I didn't really get that excited about. Now I can market my own listings and my own brand. Um, I always loved like just talking to people and doing interviews and now I have a podcast. So everything definitely was like culminating into, into this, but there was no laid out plan.
1: Hey guys, so I have to tell you this really quick story about my experience with short-term rental host guidebooks. So two years ago, my wife Gabby and I were on a podcast roadshow. We were actually collecting stories for this podcast, Behind the Stays, in the greater Asheville area. So we arrived in Asheville a couple hours before our check-in, and we asked our host if there were any good recommendations for a lunch spot. He responded, saying that he had a plethora of recommendations in his guidebook, but that we should certainly check out Wicked Weed Brewing Pub. So we went to the pub and our burgers were absolutely delicious so we couldn't wait to uncover what other recommendations he had in his guidebook but upon arrival there was no guidebook to be found we looked on the kitchen counter the dining room table even the closet of the guest bedroom but nope no guidebook Now, we're not that extra, but we were pretty high up in the mountains, and the internet service was spotty at best, so it made it really difficult to kind of figure out where we should go to dinner. So after 30 minutes of searching, we sat down on the couch and my wife said, why aren't there digital guidebooks for guests? Well, as it turns out, there are, and our new friends at TouchStay are the industry leaders. Touchday enables hosts to build beautiful, digital guidebooks in a matter of minutes. And enhance the guest experience by packaging your recommendations for coffee, wine bars, artisan bakeries, and Michelin star restaurants in a single online location. Guests can access everything through a really simple link. And yes, it works without a Wi-Fi connection. Touchday allows you to customize your guidebooks to match your brand. You can pick the colors, fonts, and images that best align with your STR, and it only costs $99 a year. Learn more about a plethora of other features they have and start your free trial at touchstay.com forward slash BTS, as in behind the stays. Oh, and while we didn't ever find our Asheville host guidebook, the cleaners did. It was in the trash. Apparently the guests before had spilled a whole pot of coffee on it, and they were so embarrassed they threw the whole guidebook away. I guess it was a blessing in disguise though, because we told our host about TouchStay, and a year later, when we went back to his cabin, TouchStay was there, and it was absolutely perfect. So start your free trial of TouchStay at touchday.com forward slash BTS. Again, that's BTS as in behind the stays. All right, guys, back to the show. I'm, I'm always impressed by by people like you, Natalie, who, who are able to like do, like have a lot of different things going on at once. Um, especially when it wasn't like a full-fledged sort of like super intentional strategy what one of the one of the questions i like to ask folks like you that got, that have a lot of things going on is like how how do you determine if, if something is worth your time like when a new opportunity presents itself right and I would imagine you've got you know this cool podcast you've got an Instagram following now you've you know you're you're doing a lot of different things you've got an event that you're putting on that we'll talk about in in a little bit here um but like how do you how do you discern like this is worth my time energy and attention versus you know what no this is just like some shiny object and I should avoid this for now
0: oh okay that's a good question um so I don't know if I'm going to give the best answer here because let's take short-term rentals, right? I think there is definitely proof that this industry works and there are people who have retired at such young ages from just a few properties and have become millionaires in a few years. And so the proof is there, but there are a lot of hosts I see who jumped into something with like the big rush in the last couple of years and didn't run the numbers correctly and it fizzled out and now they've lost momentum and steam and I honestly think if I had been in that position I would be the same way I am kind of I'm like the type of person I do need to see a little bit of success early on for me to stick with it which I don't know if it's good because sometimes I quit things probably before I should but back to your question about how I decide if something's like worth my time I really do have to kind of see that like success a little bit. So I'll give you some personal examples. How I got started hosting was my parents had a second home in Big Bear, California. It's a ski resort town in SoCal. Yeah. And we owned it. My family owned it for like eight years or so. And just as my sister and I got older, we weren't using it as often. And I just got, I always call it the hosting itch. You just get that little nagging feeling that you should be doing. You should try hosting. So I begged my parents to let me try and manage it and they let me and within 4 months yeah we hosted for one winter season um we made enough that my parents were sold and decided to put all of that towards a down payment on a second one wow if i had launched during like slow season and didn't see the numbers i could very easily see myself <clears throat> just thinking like whatever yeah. i'm i'm kind of over it so yeah i don't know if that's a good answer i've I... definitely been known to quit things too quickly if i don't see that the shiny object soon enough
1: (laughs) i i actually think that that is a fantastic answer and and here's why number one i think what this probably uh says about you is that you try a lot of things right and a lot of people don't don't ever you know take that first step so you try a lot of things but then i think A a downfall, like the slippery slope that people can fall into is like, is almost like, oh, well, now that I stepped in, now that I told people I'm doing this thing, I've got to prove it to them or I've got to prove it to myself that no, 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 like I said I was going to go manage this property or I was going to go like, you know, build a little like boutique hospitality brand and uh, now now I have to do it, right? Whereas like sometimes as you get into something, like we are constantly evolving as people, markets are constantly changing, interests are constantly like adapting, right? You might realize, you know what? I I thought this thing was going to be good, but you know what, where I'm finding like most of my joy right now is actually podcasting. And I really want to dive into podcasting and really build that up. Right. And so I actually think it's a fantastic answer because I think sometimes people hold on to things too long for the sake of just being right or wanting to like, you know, they're scared of how they might be perceived. Right. And they don't want to be perceived as a quitter or as a failure. Um, But, but again, like, you know, what you do to, I think, offset that, is you try a lot of things. So you try a lot of things, you figure out what works for you, you stop doing the things that don't work for you, and and you lean into more fully the things that do.
0: That's a really good point too. And I think um, that is one thing that I've kind of tried to tweak a little bit about my personality rather than quitting things super early on, like quitting an entire thing, right? Like let's say I started the podcast and it just downloads weren't that good. I feel like one thing I'm really working on is instead of just like scrapping the podcast altogether, I'd be like, okay, my solo episodes don't do well. Let's do interview episodes more. Mm. And so I am, as I get older and wiser, I am trying to tweak that a little bit, but I think that you make a really good point. In in any. Thing that you're starting it's not good to just hold on for dear life and yeah. like not budge when things need adapting um i think that goes back to the conversation about short-term rentals too i know your whole show is interviewing people with really really cool unique stays those hosts are the ones who are going to crush it right now and the other hosts that are just doing standard single family homes in boring suburban markets like I hate to be the one to break it to you. I don't know if the longevity is there for you. You have to do something really unique right now and niche down.
1: Yeah. On that note, that's a beautiful segue into a question that I have for for you. And you can answer this for yourself. And then also just kind of like what you've learned having spoken with so many hosts in a variety of contexts. Um, are are all of your properties kind of like centralized under under like a singular brand? Are they pretty decentralized? Um, how have you thought about sort of like branding your own the own your own properties that you manage? And then also just like what what are you hearing? Like how uh, uh, I think this idea of like building like Instagram like worthy stays is is not like super new. Um, but it's, but it's still, I'd I'd still say we're sort of like, you know, maybe at the top of the second inning here of people understanding very like, um, critically about how important it is to build something that's unique. Even if it is a suburban home, like how, what, what is, what does a unique experience look like in, in in your context, like in your, in your market, in your capacity. So talk to us a little bit about how you've thought about the branding of your own portfolio and then also just any musings you might have based off of what you've heard from others.
0: Yeah. So. For my own portfolio um i branding has been a struggle for me because what my business looks like is um, I still today manage those two for my family. That first one I got started with. And then my parents reinvested that to a second one. I manage both of those. Okay, And then since then, I started co-hosting for five other owners. Okay, And then my husband and I purchased our own. And so there's nine total that I'm managing. And it's just a mix of co-hosting family properties and the one we own. And that has been a struggle from a branding perspective yeah. because... My owners that I work with, a lot of them do not value the same things I do. I still one thing I preach religiously. If you follow me on Instagram or listen to my podcast, you'll hear it like professional photos all the way. I really recommend people be pet friendly. Uh, It just helps your numbers so much. And pet friendly pets are great. Everyone's scared of damages. They're honestly fine. Uh, You can charge more and you get the pet fee, too. Um, I really like instant book is a huge one that makes such a big difference and overall design is just really really important and I have owners who just don't see the same value in those things they took iphone pictures and no matter how much I convince them to just spend 250 bucks on professional (laughs) photography they don't get it and I will still take those properties on as a co-hosting opportunity but I I do not want them like bringing down the brand of the other properties that I've worked so hard on. So that is kind of tricky to navigate. But um, if you ever like look at my Instagram, you would probably think that I only manage like two or three properties because there's really only two or three that I'm exceptionally proud of. And the other (laughs) ones like, you know, I'll still manage them. And I I do a good job with the guests and everything and I do what I can. But if owners don't want to put money into design or something, there's really only so much I can do. So. That leads to the second part of your question, what I think people in, you know, these just average locations, how they can how they can compete. Design is the number one. And my story is interesting because the nine properties that I manage are actually all in the exact same location. They're actually all in the exact same condo complex. Okay. And so we have the same cleaning team, same handyman, everything running all of that. And all these condos are the, are the exact same size, layout, location, everything. They're all two bed, two bath, 830 square feet, identical. The only difference really is the design and then the quality photos. It's the same host. It's the same cleaner. It's the same handyman. And between those nine properties, the difference between the top performing one and the lowest performing one, I could literally rank them. If you looked at them, you would... you could. <laughs> tell which one does the best and which one does the worst. Like yeah. you could rank them just based on design alone without going in the property, without seeing reviews or anything. And yeah, it's crazy. My, my worst performing property does about 40,000 a year gross. And my best performing property does 85 to 90,000.
1: Wow. Wow. All so other like over, factors over being double. Equal. Yeah. 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 And it's the yeah. Same.
0: All other factors being equal. And so it's like, I just can't stop talking enough about like how important it is to like have a unique design and stand out but yeah, some people just, I don't know. I really hope that that's like a big takeaway with the changes in this industry and how saturated it's becoming. You yeah. have to up the ante if you wanna stay competitive.
1: I also wonder, Natalie, if this is like a, a generational thing because what's what's funny is, you know, I, I spend, I was talking to you about uh, Spontaneous, which is my business. Um, and what we do is we, scroll through thousands and thousands of airbnb listings twice a week and we find like the best last minute deals and we send them to our subscribers so i'm constantly constantly like looking through airbnb you know photos and listings and you know coming up with the with the deals that i think are are really good deals but also like really cool like beautiful like interesting stays and in cool locations and one i find all these cool things all the time i mean like we're talking like really really cool deals and i'll send them to like my my parents right and i'll be like guys like what if we you know let, let's stay here and and i've even booked like a really cool stay that like you know my wife and i paid for for my family for thanksgiving and like we were all really excited cuz it was so beautiful and like my parents like like they they appreciated it everyone appreciated it but it was also it, it wasn't like it was like my dad my dad made this comment he's like yeah, you know, but, like, you know, the other house they they had this an outdoor fire pit, you know, and the other house that he's like referencing, right? Like it's like, dude, <laughs> for first of all, it's like, you know, it's half the price, um, oh my gosh and 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 it's also like it just it doesn't even like compare in the slightest. And I was asking him after I was like, dad, like like, don't you, but don't you appreciate like the like how much intentionality and how much design has been put in this place? And he's like, yeah, you know, and same thing with my mom, yeah,, yeah, yeah. you know, I just I just wouldn't like it's not that big of a deal, you know? And I, and, and I went and I was like this, maybe my parents just have like terrible taste and you know, maybe they don't (laughs) care about design and there, some of that is true. But, but then I was going and talking to my friend's parents and like a lot of them and other people in the industry, it's the same thing. It's just kind of like, no, a vacation rental is like, you know, somebody's second home in North Carolina. And, as long as it's got a fire pit right and and access to the beach we're good whereas like my my friends literally will go and we'll we'll find like a really sick airbnb and we'll plan a vacation around that stay right like and Mm -hmm. so i do wonder if some of this is also just like generational
0: i think you're probably right um we all know trends come and go and you know maybe before like you said it was just uh as long as we know it's clean, it's it's a second home. It was a different way of viewing it. And I mean, pre Airbnb, all these direct booking sites were like, you know, uh, North Carolina local yeah. mountain yeah. stays. And yeah. it's just one random management company. And I think Airbnb definitely like, uh, what's, what am I trying to say? Like I don't know, it really or, yeah. like, it really like forced people to try and be more creative when all of a sudden anybody could host anything, any guest house, any room, mm. anything you had to do something to stand out. And so I do think that that is going to be phased out. There's probably another good 10, maybe even 20 years of there still will be travelers who just care about getting the budget stay. And as long as it's clean, they're happy. But I think that that's going to get phased out. And proof that it is, is Airbnb's rollout of the categories feature. Um, To me, that is totally them seeing where trends are going. And they, exactly what you said, it is less about... Let me search Joshua Tree and pick a spot there. It's more. I've been following somebody who has this six-day. Oh, it's in Joshua Tree. All right, we're going there. Yep. <laughs> so I think the rollout of categories was totally anticipating that the trends here are changing for sure.
1: Yeah, and and last little bit on this point too, is I also think it, it's less of it used to be all about location, like location, 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 right? And. What what I'm finding again, this is this is anecdotal, but like with like with my peer group, who you know, a bunch of people who like to travel often, who all work remotely, that we can kind of like go on work vacations uh, all the time. Yeah. Like it, it's very lots of flexibility. I'm finding that like if if folks are interested in going to you know Montreal or they're going interested in going to Scottsdale or wherever, like we are totally okay to stay at a place that's like 20, 30 minutes maybe off the beaten path if it's like a 6 stay versus like, oh no, 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 we wanna be like in downtown Montreal, we wanna be able to like walk out or New York, or whatever it is, we wanna be on Fifth Avenue. Like it's less about, it's less about needing to be right in the middle of the mix and more about like, no, 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 we want an optimal, really cool, inspirational stay. And who cares if it's 20 or 30 minutes like outside, you know, the the primary destination, we'll we'll make it happen. Whereas again, I think historically, at least in in my networks, people optimized for location above everything else.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're now booking the stay as the actual destination. The goal Mm. is to go there. It's not really the surrounding area. So- yeah, you're you're right and I'm actually really really excited for this too because I think as the topic of short-term rentals has become more popular and a lot of people, you know, in our age and in their 20s and stuff want to invest, it's really hard to save up enough money to buy in Palm Springs yep. or um Park City or Nashville, like these big big areas, but 20 minutes outside of Nashville might be a good option. Right outside of Joshua Tree, you've got Yucca Valley and 29 Palms. The property's way cheaper, yeah. but if you can bring the value with your spin that you put on it and make that into its own destination, no one's going to care that you're further out from the national park.
1: Yep, yep, 100%. So so glad that uh that you're thinking about this, talking about this. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. I w- want to ask a question just about as your as your business and and your your family has has grown like how do you you do all these different things like how do you structure your time like again i'm sure every day's every day is different right um dealing with a sick kid one day or you know you got to go run because there's like a mad you know angry like a guest another day and you got to go help whatever so i'm sure there's 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 a lot of chaos in, in the mix but like how, how have you thought about sort of uh, focusing and, and structuring your time so that you can, you can manage all of this?
0: Yeah, so <clears throat> right now, I basically only work like three days a week. Granted, with Airbnb, you're on call 24-7. So yeah. even on my quote-unquote off day, if the guest calls me that the water heater is broken, of course, I will deal with it. But um, I have a sitter two days a week, and then my in-laws take the kids on a third day a week, and I try to cram all my like content creation, consulting, recording, everything in those three days. Wow! So that's actually been good. It's actually forced me to be very, very efficient with my time. Um, but the the other good thing too, is everything I do is still all, it seems like all these different things. Like I do consulting, I have a short-term rental course, I have the podcast, I'm planning a conference, which we'll talk about too. Um, I manage the Airbnbs. And You know, I do content on Instagram and stuff, but it's still all under the short-term rental umbrella. And so the way I view it is I have a really annoying guest that's bugging me and it's taking time to work on it. You know what? That's going to turn into content for a reel. And (laughs) as I'm writing the caption for that, that's going to inspire a podcast episode that I'll sit down and record the next day when my sitter comes. And I really try to, I've like thought a lot about outsourcing more of my hosting stuff But then I'm also like, no, because that's what keeps me Mm. like in it. And that's what's giving me like the experiences with guests and with owners I co-host for to be a content creator, I guess. So it's very much like a push and pull. Like I know I could spend more time on content creation, but I also need the inspiration from still being in the business. So yeah, it seems like a lot of different things, but they do intertwine very effectively.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, if you were to outsource, all of the guest communications and, and support there, then, then it's like you you lose your content strategy or like you lose totally. your inspiration. It's like, this is ridiculous. Like we have to post about this. You you lose sort of like a very easy source at least yes. of, of yes. attaining good content.
0: Yeah, so yeah, there's like things like that where it's like as I'm growing, I see the temptation to like maybe hire a VA or yeah. something to take over messages, but I'm also like, oh, I got to keep it. Like, yeah when the guests text me just the most stupid thing in the world, that turns into some (laughs) fire content, you know? So I, yeah. Yeah, that's been that's been tricky. But um, I do think it just helps that everything is under the same umbrella. I really admire people who have like a full time W2 job and then are hosting as a side hustle. Yeah, Like at least for Mm. me, everything is still under that STR umbrella. Yeah, When you've got two completely separate businesses, I don't know how people compartmentalize the two.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's a really good point. And you know, a lot of people as Airbnb just rolled out in their latest report. I mean, like a lot of people have like one property, and it's like their, you know, it's the the cottage in their backyard, or it's the their family's, you know, beach house, or or what have you. And they are doing it like on the side. And I think one property is probably manageable. But yeah, as you're as you're trying to grow a, a portfolio on the side, and or and or if you're like really interested in creating kind of like a unique brand, very hard to do that. Um, do that full time. Um, and there and, are oh, go ahead.
0: I'm sorry to cut you off. I was going to say too. There there definitely are things now that I do have to say no to. Um, I like I said, all the properties I manage are all in the exact same condo complex. And so it's very easy to onboard a new client there because we've got our whole cleaning team and everything in place. So When yeah. I go check on the units, I just have to like stop at each one and restock them. And it's, it's so streamlined. And so I have turned down other homes to manage that are further away to where my cleaner, I'd have to hire a new cleaning team or something. And yeah to an extent it kind of sucks. And I wish I could say yes to everything, but I also know, like, I have to say no to those things so I can keep the other passion projects alive and I'm okay doing that. But yeah, yeah I definitely think once you get to a certain point and you've got your like hand in enough cookie jars, you do have to like limit yourself a little bit. When
1: well, I would imagine like doing, doing this other stuff, like your podcast, for, for example, like no vacancy as you're building the no vacancy and, and the brand around that, the opportunity to potentially manage um other properties that are maybe maybe like cooler or more interesting to you yeah. like will emerge <laughs> as as you continue to grow your your own audience so you don't want yeah. to take on too much now for the, at, at the risk of like exactly. you know, uh, you know uh, having to pull back a little bit from your content when your content could be the, ver- the vehicle through which you are able to like acquire a really cool opportunity
0: Yeah, that's such a good point. Uh, It's crazy how many doors just talking about what you're doing can open for you. I've had a lot more people ask me to like manage really, really cool properties or something or offers that people are like, if you ever launch something really, really sick, we want to be an investor on it. And like, you don't even, you haven't even seen my (laughs) tax returns. Like you trust me with this, but it's really Let me show you the numbers. Being open about what you're doing like really resonates with people for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) love it. Um, Natalie, I know that you're you're bullish on like the importance of community and we had a a quick chat um last week uh just to get to know each other a little bit before before our chat today um and one of the things that I just remember very like potently from that conversation was like you're like you know one of the biggest things that I feel like not enough people in this space know is how important it is to share ideas to network to to meet other hosts other property managers other entrepreneurs who are trying to build cool interesting things in and around in and around the space and a lot of the folks quite frankly who are tuning into this podcast are from kind of like two core groups group a is uh folks who have who worked in tech they may- might have even like built their own startup sold their startup they came into some money um from that exit and are interested in kind of getting into the game for the first time uh, or, or you know they're working at a company that you know recently ipo'd and you know they've got some money that, that again, they want to invest in real estate, but, so that, but they want to do it, you know, in, in a, a cool, a different way, like the millennial way, right, uh, if you will. And um, and then the other audience are folks who've done a really, really good job at like building pretty awesome brands on Instagram, like brands that, you know, of, that their cabins or cottages might have 50, 60, 70, all the way up to like 100,000 followers. And mm-hmm. their, you know, their properties are booked out like a year in advance. Um, and you know, these individuals might not necessarily be connected to like the broader str community they're just a really good designer they're a really good marketer they are a really good instagrammer right um so I, i'd love for you to just spend some time talking about how you've built your own network in, in sort of the the str community and why you think it's valuable and just any musings you might have um maybe even some you know notes of inspiration for folks that might want to spend a little bit more time investing in the community.
0: Yeah, Zach, I am so passionate about this. So thank you for asking this, but this is one thing I wish every single host would understand the value of. I did not know, honestly, I feel so stupid saying this, but like, I didn't know that there were other Airbnb hosts, which is (laughs) so dumb because obviously there even were, like I could scroll Airbnb and see that there were, but they all felt like just like little avatars, like hosting homes on the internet. Like I didn't under, it didn't click for me that there were other people in my boat who are struggling with guests and irritated by certain things and have frustrations with their cleaners and are frustrated by the business, but also really, really love it and want to grow it and don't know how and don't know where to turn. I just felt like I was like stumbled into this by accident. And I was like the only person doing it. And it was finally, I didn't start sharing really about hosting until probably three and a half, maybe four years of being a host is when I like dove into that on social media and stuff. And it was just crazy how I would post a video that was just like venting about a guest asking for a discount. And it was like, really, did you ask your Starbucks barista for a discount? Did you ask the gas station for a discount on the way to the Airbnb? Like, why are you asking me the host for a discount? (laughs) And like, I mean, hundreds of comments that were just like, oh my God, yes, so relatable. And I was like, whoa, it's not just me. There's people that feel this way. And it made me feel so much less like a weirdo (laughs) and (laughs) like i could make friends here and the first time that i really like interacted with other hosts was actually this past june i went to a short-term rental conference in nashville the str wealth conference if you guys have heard of that one and literally i am not saying this hyperbolically it changed my life like just being in a room with other like-minded people has what's crazy is i think a lot of hosts that probably listened to you are thinking the only benefit of networking would be if somebody's going to book my place. No, there is so much value. And the hard part for me is that that's, that value is different for every single person. I don't know what you need out of networking, but if you put yourself out there, you'll get it. And I'm going to tell you a story right now. Um, Will Slickers, who I know, you know, um, Will Slickers is the founder of HFM Hospitality fm the podcast network that you you just jumped onto and that i'm on also and when i started my podcast i had eight episodes out by the time i had gone to this conference in nashville and i my plan for the podcast was it was only going to be 12 episodes i was going to do one season of a podcast and that was it and it was just going to cover 12 topics that i get asked about a lot so that if i got a dm that was like hey can you talk about cleaning protocols. I could be like, yep, go listen to episode seven. And it would just be a really easy way to redirect people. That's all it was going to be. And when I was in Nashville, I ended up meeting Will there and started talking. He owns a podcast network. I had a podcast, so it was so serendipitous. And he helped me look up stats and stuff of my show. Because, you know, as a podcaster, you see how many downloads you have, but you don't know what it means. Like On YouTube, you can see how many subscribers someone has or like on Instagram, how many followers... On podcasts, you don't see anything about anyone else. Like it's all very secretive. So I had no idea what my numbers were relative to anything else. And after talking to Will for a few minutes, he was like, let's look up your podcast stats, pulled it up, and it showed that it was in the top 3% of podcasts worldwide.
1: Wow. And it was
0: Lord like after eight episodes coming out. So from there, I was like, okay, I cannot drop this after 12 episodes. (laughs) Like this thing has a lot of legs and I have to. See it through. And so that was just something when I went to Nashville, I, that was the last thing on my mind that I would like have this conversation, but it's so clearly what I needed. Yeah, And that's just what kills me when I see hosts that are like, no, 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 I'm already fully booked. I don't need to network. Yeah. Yes, you do. Like, you don't know what's going to come of it. You could meet. It's not about getting guests in your place. You could just meet the next person who's going to like launch some cool, crazy idea with you. Like, I don't know what it looks like for you, but I just so wish that people would put themselves out there more and put themselves in rooms with these like-minded people because it can literally change your life. I also, for the first time at that uh, Nashville conference, met Tatiana Taylor-Tate. She's an amazing interior designer based out of Vancouver. And her and I have now partnered up together to plan our own conference, which is an all-women's short-term rental summit, Um, which is another thing. I didn't even know who she was a year ago. (laughs) We just started talking on Instagram, met her for the first time at an in-person event, and now we're business partners. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I so wish people would put themselves out there. And Because I'm so passionate about this is why we decided to also plan a networking event and a three-day women's conference. So yes, uh, you cannot get me to shut up about this. If you can't tell.
1: (laughs) This is great. This is great. You're a kick-ass Airbnb host. In fact, you've done such a great job at marketing your short-term rental on Instagram that you're pretty much entirely booked for the next six to 12 months. And while it doesn't happen regularly, Every so often there's a cancellation, or just one random three-night window of availability in the middle of the week. Now, posting about the fact that you've had a cancellation or that you've got just three nights left in February on your Instagram story is a great start, but what if you could automatically notify interested guests the second a cancellation comes through? And that's where Ping comes in. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and integrates with your Airbnb listing and allows your fans and followers to sign up to be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked for the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and will be pinged if their requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which allows you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping. It's what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. Sign up for free at www.bnbping.com. Ping. Brought to you by Spontaneous. There are like two things that I just wanna I wanna highlight about about what you said, Natalie. First is the the opportunities that networking, the unexpected opportunities that networking can, can present. And so, like if you're listening to this and you've had you have an incredibly successful you know uh, short term rental, uh, you've got this gorgeous cabin. Maybe you've got like two or whatever. It's, you've got seventy thousand followers, right? Like you. Do, you mostly have direct bookings because like you've built up such a cool audience for yourself that you don't even need Airbnb anymore. And you're thinking like, yeah, why would I want to go to an event? I bet like you have, you, you can meet somebody at this event who who might not, you know, and, you, and like I guess the one other thing to add to this fake scenario is like you're also working a day job. You'd love to like, you know, maybe do some more stuff full time, but like the idea of like managing another property is just you know you don't have the down payment or you know whatever you want to wait you might go to this event you might meet somebody who recognizes the skill set that you have in building building this like incredible like instagram worthy stay they might have an idea for you on hey what if you were to come and like bring your talents into all these other places like we've got a property you know we're a property manager we're managing all this stuff we or we've got this project that we're thinking about i think you would be an incredible consultant for us right like those sorts of opportunities uh, it's not just about again increasing <laughs> increasing bookings like it's, it's about so much more than that and i i'm brand new to this this space uh as well i was you know, traveling full time on Airbnb with with my wife, we stayed at like sixty five different um, Airbnbs over the course of fifteen months and learned a lot. Kind of st- fell in love with the with the space as a guest first, and now have come in to better understand the community. And even just in the last six months, of of seriously pursuing the community. I've just been so impressed by the quality of people, and I've, I've worked in other industries. And like, there is something special about I think the quality of people and the quality of um, of folks that are that are trying to work in this space. So I love what you guys are doing. I think an all women's event. Well, I'm sad I won't be able to come. Is a is a brilliant we'll, is a brilliant idea. We'll stick you in. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and again, I do think like there's like it, it's so cool to like niche down with events and get really really specific. Um, so t- tell us a little bit about like the event like what what can you share like I, it's called yeah. it's called level up your listing the level up your listing summit um yeah. it's a women's only SDR investing in hospitality event so what what's on the itinerary like what can folks expect
0: yeah i'm so excited um because we've niched down so much to doing it all women it's just letting us like the mean girls references and like just the <laughs> like girly quotes and like you know all that stuff i'm just so excited for how i I don't know. I get to like have so much fun with it because it doesn't feel like we have to please all these different interests. Like we know our audience and the people who are going to resonate with it. And so that's been so much fun. But the structure of the event is uh, day one. It's February 27th, 28th, and March 1st in Scottsdale. And on night one will be registration and a welcome party. And then day two and day three are full conference days. Um, Our VIP ticket holders are also going to get to go to a happy hour um, mixer meet and greet with our speakers on Tuesday night. So that's a little extra perk for our VIPs, but... Uh, the way we've structured it is that day one is going to be all about hosting with your head. And so that's kind of the brain power behind short term rentals, tax strategies, investing in real estate, uh, logistics of scaling, how to build a portfolio that you could p- potentially sell as a business one day, mm. um, the intricacies of like co hosting and arbitrage, just all the different actual ways to do this. And then day two, or sorry, technically day three is going to be themed around hosting with your heart. And so that's all about design, hospitality, guest experience. Um, That's the day I'm really, really excited for because it's just all the values that I think hosts got into hosting for. And Mm -hmm. sometimes as we start growing, we lose sight of that part, but I'm really excited for all of that. There's going to be a huge focus on interior design and uh, guest experience, why, what, what your why is and what you want to bring to guests. And again, the number one thing for me really across the whole event is the networking. Like I'm, you know, we are putting on a kick-ass event that I'm so excited for, but also I'm so excited to like hit the bars and downtown Scottsdale after the event each day (laughs) day and like just make organic friendships there. That's really the part that, that lights me up.
1: The head and the heart. I love it. That's that's <laughs> brilliant. You guys did a, a great job with that. Um, well, that sounds that sounds amazing. And um, would love any folks who are tuning into this. Uh, to this podcast, if you're interested in going to this event, please reach out to Natalie. We'll have all her contact information that we'll shout out in in a second here and we'll throw it in the show notes as well. Um, Yes.
0: And also, Zach, I want to give your listeners too um, a referral code. So if they use BTS10, Behind The Stays 10, they'll be able to get 10% off of their tickets. Look at that. Um, Yeah. So go ahead and and use that one, you guys. Um, But if there's any questions too, and... Also, I know it's an all women's event, but we do have a handful of men going. I've already had some women book and they were like, my husband does this business with me. He's not letting <laughs> me go without him. He wants to be there. So I bought him a ticket. That's fine. We'll let a few guys sneak in. Okay. But you gotta, you gotta be cool.
1: You gotta stay in the background. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's, that's amazing. I, I do have two final questions uh, for you, Natalie, that aren't about this event. And thank you. That was a very generous offer for Behind the Stays listeners. Um, but in, in business, right? Like when, as I talk to folks who are brand new on their journey here or folks who have you know been in the mix for a while and they're they're trying to scale and whatnot, um, I think sometimes with these podcasts, you, you listen to enough of them and it sort of sounds like everyone's kind of like figured everything out and or like everyone's like better at me than this or everyone's smarter at me than this. And so one of my one of my one of the questions I love asking folks is like what's what's the biggest or like a, a bigger, a big ish right business mistake? that you've made on on your journey this far. Um, Again, it doesn't have to be the biggest, but just a a stumble or an opportunity that you thought like you had, you know, nailed and it actually just wasn't wasn't a good one for whatever reason.
0: I think for me, the biggest one was in the very early days, I refused to hire a cleaner. I just because we were the ones who like set it up and also because The first property we did was like a family vacation home. It made me so nervous to let a cleaning team in there. Mm. And I also didn't set out to do this as a business. Like I said, it was just kind of like, my parents have this place we're not using as often. Let me try hosting it. And so I didn't really approach it from wanting to hire anybody. So I was driving up to Big Bear every like three days when there was a checkout. It was a two and a half or two hour drive for me. And I was doing the cleanings. I don't know why I was so dumb, (laughs) but I just, I just, I don't know. I didn't like uh, start this. Like, like I said, I didn't really start with any strategy, you know? And finally, when we hired a cleaner after our first winter season, everything changed. It just triggered something that like made me view it so differently. Hmm. That's when we made the leap to invest in that second one and redo that. And there's no way I could have been renovating a property while still doing cleanings every two or three days at the other property and it also just like tweaked the way that i view it like i can build the properties i don't have to be the cleaner my time is better spent strategizing to sign on new new owners to co-host for and stuff so that's one that i wish i had done earlier um in my defense i did learn a lot about cleaning and it gave me (laughs) wild respect for cleaners um Now I have certain owners I work for who will say like, well, why can't the cleaner do this? Why can't she put the vase back on that table like I like? And I just want to tell them, like, you try it. You go clean. And amongst everything else, like putting out new trash bags, fresh toilet paper, room spray, ironing everything like you try to remember to put the vase back on that side table. So, yeah, I will say it definitely gave me like a very, very humbling start. Like I respect the hell out of cleaners. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Amen to that. Because again, like, you know, what oftentimes I feel like you don't notice as a guest, you you shouldn't know when you walk into a space, you should just be like immediately like wowed by the space. I feel like guests rarely like make note of how clean it is. But the minute it isn't it doesn't look clean, they yeah. they will let you have it, right? Yeah, um, and totally. It, and I just feel like that's that's you know, it's super it's super important to one, find a really great cleaning team, set good expectations, but but then three, yeah, just like have mad respect because it's it's freaking hard. It's freaking hard. I mean I my, my wife is like a neat freak and like I just I I've upped my cleaning game just in our own house like so much. So much Natalie and it's still like <laughs> it just yeah, it's and, and then we I mean, once a month we have this awesome cleaning lady come and like do like a deep clean. And it's like, I just can't compare. I just can't compare. Like, not, I, I like I've studied her. I've like showed me show me your product. Show me what you're doing. And she's just got some like special charm and special talent that I don't. But
0: it's so true. Even like, oh, man, windows and glass. I still oh, just gosh. use like yeah. a a paper towel and Windex. And I'm like, how did they get it so streak free? And then you see these videos on. TikTok of people with like a squeegee and they like <laughs> clean the whole mirror in 2 seconds and I'm still baffled by it. Yeah. These are the kinds of things that just like amaze me. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Uh well, Natalie, this has been this has been wonderful. Um I am Super thankful for your time and for all that you're doing in the space Uh, for folks again, who are tuning in. Natalie's got an incredible podcast called no vacancy that you should go check out. I'll have that linked in the show notes uh, below. Natalie, you also do like consulting. You've got like a a course, as you mentioned before. So we'll go ahead and we'll link all that fun stuff in the show notes below. So if you want to go learn more about Natalie, um, and see what she's up to. You can find her on Instagram. You can find all of her different offerings in the show notes below as well as a reminder for that discount code, BTS10 for 10% off the Level Up Your Listing Summit if you'd like to attend. Um, Thanks everyone for tuning in. Natalie, thank you, thank you, thank you for your time and uh, looking forward to staying connected.
0: Thanks so much, you too.
1: Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.